Would your community pull together to save a local business? It happened in England, and it saved a 400-year-old pub. You're listening to Travel FOMO, a podcast for people self-diagnosed with wanderlust. Welcome back to Travel FOMO. We are sharing the deets on our gap year travels. And in this episode, we are talking about Bath, England. I'm Hillary Halton, and I'm here with my husband and I would say English addict, Jamin. Yes, I am pretty much addicted to all things England, Um, especially after this gap year and all the stuff we did, all the places we went in the UK and England, it was... Amazing. And we kept a list of our favorite places. We kept a, pl- a list of the favorite places where we would live and just our favorite places in general. And a lot of the UK just held reign over my top five throughout. It did. You felt like solid about it. I was kind of more um, the most recent place we visited ended up really high on my list. <laughs> but you remained really like consistent about England. Yeah, I just love England. I love everything about it. Like the weather, the food, the people, all of it. Like the history there is so interesting to me. All of England just really speaks to me. So, yeah. And I will say that Bath was... As as charming and awesome as as we remembered it, yeah. Which I was a little bit afraid because we had gone there last time because it was like, oh, you got to go. We only spent one night, and we allotted a longer time to be there this time. And I was a little worried that like, would it live up to what we had previously experienced? Because sometimes yeah. places don't. But this was pretty great, and I would say the only thing that surprised me was. The weather was pretty chilly and a little more wet than I think we had actually experienced the time before. Yeah, last time we went in this, like more toward the summer, and this was in the spring, and it was just a little bit early. I feel like optimal time would have maybe been like a month later than when we actually went, or even even during like the middle of summer. So it probably could have been a couple months later and it would have been even better, but it was a little chilly, a little rainy. So that, did make it a little bit tougher to be there. Um, but it like, it was still, it was still amazing in a place that, you know, that I would, that I would live. I could, I could easily see myself living in Bath. Yeah. That's pretty great. It's pretty great. Um, and we kind of did, we lived there for, it was our only home in the moment. Um, <laughs> That's true. That and, was our, our primary residence. Yeah. For like, what, four, four or five nights? days? Yeah. There were four nights. Yeah. Something like that. And we stayed in a super tiny Airbnb. Yes. So tiny, like a little studio, basically. Mm-hmm. And, but it was just what we needed. We had a bed, we had a fridge, we had a stove, we had a bathroom, mm-hmm. um, a little table we could eat at, and it was a pretty good location. It was right next to the train station, um, it, but it was a little far from the scene, I think, that compared to last time. Yeah, like last time we were right in the mix where like you, you came out of the front door to our Airbnb and you were right in it, mm-hmm. and this time we had to walk a little way. We were across the river, really, from like the downtown area where you really want to be, but it was still really cool. It was nice and it was affordable and also gave us a kitchen where we could cook and have meals 
at home to kind of save money because that's part of how all this worked for us. Right. But um, but it was like it was a lot of fun. And I think buying groceries and, and cooking at home and, and doing more of that stuff does make you feel like more of a local. Yeah. Which was kind of cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, one of the things I discovered in Bath that I didn't know existed was a type of cookie. And our Airbnb host had put some in the fridge and it was like this little cookie called Digestives is like the brand, I guess. Mm -hmm. And they had put some dark chocolate ones in there and I was like hooked. And from that point on, anywhere in England and some other parts of Europe, I had to buy those at the grocery store and put them in the freezer. I loved them. Yeah. I don't think she realized that she was creating an addict Mm -hmm. when she uh, gave you those biscuits, but... um... It yeah. definitely, it definitely boosted their sales for a couple months. Yeah. Well, and it changed my idea of biscuits because you always hear about tea and biscuits and I'm always like, uh, I don't really like exactly know what that means. You're thinking like Cracker Barrel biscuits. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think I knew that they were more like cookies there, but I still thought they were like, um, just kind of your basic, um, shortbread cookie. Oh, like shortbread. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what I imagine a biscuit to be. And so to find out that biscuits could be covered in dark chocolate was like thrilling. <laughs> <laughs> so especially cause we'd been eating so healthy and I was kind of starting to let down my guard. Um, and so this was like something that I let myself have and it was. They're digestives. Delish. That's good. It's good for you. Right. What a weird name. Right. Like I was like, does it help your digestive system? Like, I still don't like to know that. Like, that was weird. But Yeah. You just knew that they were good and you wanted them. Exactly. Yeah. They just tasted <laughs> great. Well, and right around the corner from our little place was that gin distillery. Oh, my gosh. It was so cute. And we, like, it's not something that we had, and we had done a lot of research for the places that, that we would go. And so there were definitely things on our list that, like, we want to hit up this thing, but it was something that we just saw while yeah. we were walking to our Airbnb and we're like, Oh, let's pop in there and check it out. It was really cool. Yeah, it was. I just want to plug them real quick. It was called, um, gin distillery and herbal apothecary. Yeah. But it was like just tiny little room. Oh yeah. I mean, crazy. we, we walked in, there's nobody in there and we kind of like look around and it's one of those situations where you make a little bit of noise yeah to be like hey is it okay for me to be in here here. i hope that's all right and the owner like came out from the back i think she was doing her books in the back or whatever and kind of walked us through her process she had her stills like right there and told us all about what she did and and gave us little samples yeah of and we ended up buying some gin to take back and, and keep in the airbnb but it's a really really cool little spot it was really cool and i just so appreciated her just like making conversation with us and like the little tastings that she gave us we actually ended up buying her standard gin and then a small bottle of her blackberry gin Mm-hmm. And I love, I mean, I'm a big fan of blackberry flavors. So, um, I loved that. And, um, it was just such a cool way. It just confirmed that like bath was just a place that we loved. Yeah. She was super friendly and she actually recommended, um, us hiking to South Stoke that we did a little later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's, that's where we heard all about that. Yeah. I had forgotten that. Great. Yeah. So she was, she was awesome. Like super friendly and a great way to, start your experience in bath to Uh have like one of the first locals that you interact with be so nice and so courteous and and genuinely care about whether or not you enjoy their city was 
it really, it starts you off on the right foot. And later on we had some of the opposite experience with people where like the first local we interact with, like just puts a bad taste in your mouth. Oh, true. And it can really set you up for seeing the city through a bad light. Yeah, that's so true. Stay tuned for Ireland. Yeah, let's wait till <laughs> we get to Dublin. Um, so let's see, what else did we do that day? We headed out. We knew we wanted fish and chips. Yes. Um, Because that's one of your favorite meals in England. It is. And I feel like it's so hard in the U.S. to get really good fish and chips. Mm. But it's so easy in England to get really good fish and chips. Yeah. And so I definitely... And it was like we'd been on a really strict meal plan for a long time. And so it was one of the things that I was like, okay, when we're in England, I'm going to eat fish and chips regularly Mm -hmm. and really enjoy it. And I did like it. They were really good there. And we actually picked them up and brought them back. Right. We did. Yeah. We brought them back to our little Airbnb um, because it was it was pretty cold. And the place that we went to was bath fish and chips i believe yeah and they it was just really small like um and it was very much still covid world so some places weren't really opening up their tables for you to sit at that's right they were just doing Mm -hmm. to go yeah so you just had to order it and take it to go um but one of the things that i started to really realize there is how much they focus on mayo like mayonnaise there Mm -hmm. um and that like it is the standard way you eat chips um, you eat your yes. French fries with mayo, not yeah, ketchup. Cause and it's awesome. It's amazing. And now that's all <laughs> I ever want to do. Um, but, um, I feel I like when I was a kid, unhealthy. I saw a girl put mayonnaise on her fries mm-hmm. and I like felt like I should probably report her to some kind of authority, <laughs> like a, a teacher or maybe even the police to let them know that, that this was going on. And I never tried it until I think until we went to England the first time, I think. And then I was like, oh, this is why do we not do this? I don't understand how this didn't translate over. Yeah, that is really funny. I I do wonder why people don't eat it like that more in America. But um, okay, random note. I have a friend who eats their French fries with ice cream. They dip them in ice cream. Would you do that? Um, I will do that at Wendy's with a Frosty. So you dip the fries into a chocolate frosty at Wendy's. I've done that. Chocolate frosty. Yeah. Yeah. And I I can recommend that strongly. But I don't know about like non soft serve ice cream. I don't I don't know how I feel about that because the fry can get soggy really fast. Mm, Yeah, that's true. I don't. Yeah. See, I like a, a soggy, a soggy fry. Um, you do like soggy I fries. I like soggy fries. Yeah. As long as they're still hot. I like them. Um, but yeah, shout out to my friend Jessica Cox. I believe she's the first one who introduced me to ice cream and yeah. french fries. <laughs> ice cream and fries. <laughs> well, after after our fish and chips, um, we definitely needed the run that we went on the next morning. Yes. And so we had, you know, we were like, hey, we're going to run all the places where we stay. So we had run in in London and that had been like a a challenging run because it was a really long run and the weather was really cold. It was cold again here in Bath and like a lot of hills in Bath. Yeah. More than I probably had realized. So it was, it was a tough run, but, um, but it was really cool again Mm -hmm. to see the city that way, get up early and run and you kind of get to experience a city with minimal traffic, minimal people. And you get to see, all of this really old, cool, historic buildings and streets 
And Bath is just such like, well, it's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Yeah. Which we learned that we really love and, and appreciate. love every place that is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Yeah. And can't come to find out like it just like all the places that made our jaw drop. We would look them up and find out that, oh, here you go. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Of yeah. course it made your jaw drop because they're amazing. Well, and I feel like so many places in Europe were at least somewhat damaged and destroyed by World War II. And so there are bits and pieces that just aren't there anymore. And I feel like Bath is mostly intact. Yeah. And was saved from that. And so you really do get to see, like, if I was in this city a couple hundred years ago, this is what it would pretty much look like. Mm -hmm. The signage would be different and there wouldn't be cars, but this is how it would be. And that's, that's a really cool feeling that I love about a lot of places in Europe, especially UNESCO World Heritage Sites. So getting to run through that was a lot of fun. It was really cool. Yeah, it really was. We ran by Royal Victoria Park, Bath Abbey, Beezer, Gaydon Mays, um, the Royal Crescent. It was like, it was pretty cool. It was beautiful. Yeah. Um, and this was like, we were still getting our groove down. So whenever it came to like navigating and going on runs and um, how we, because we really wanted to be able to show that in video because mm. we're putting out videos now and we wanted to be able to share, share that experience with people. Um, and this is one of the first times we did that. And so it, it was just, we thought we were going to do it all by GoPro. That didn't really work out because our GoPro is not really set up for some good time lapse um yeah. so we just ended up scratching that plan and so yeah we were still figuring it all out at that yeah point. so like we were it was again like okay how do we how do we go on these runs in a city that that we don't really know so you're kind of having to map it out a little bit and and try to figure that out and then you're also like okay how do we document it along yeah. the way and and film and picture and video so it was navigating through all of that along with the weather and still being just a little bit tired and jet lagged. And we'd put in a lot of miles in London too. So we were still like a little bit tired, but definitely worth hitting up that run. Yeah. I don't think we ever regretted a run. No. Even the ones no. that didn't seem great. We're still glad we did them. It made us like a city even more. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely one of my favorite ways to experience a city. Yeah. Is, is get up and go for a run. And it made all the training that we did leading up to it feel like it was definitely worth it. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. We also went shopping. Oh, oh yeah. I remember. Yeah. Um, so you had brought some Crocs. Mm -hmm. I sure did. Last minute buy. Big change of plans for what I was going to pack because there's not a lot of room in your bags. You can only bring so many shoes. Mm -hmm. And I was going to like bank on some black Crocs. Yeah, you threw yourself a curveball at the last minute. Uh-huh. And then we got to England and maybe the Crocs weren't the best shoe maybe for Maybe they weren't working out. That's crazy. Yeah, <sighs> I cannot believe. I did keep the Crocs the entire three months. And I still, not, I'm not sure that I should have done that. But, um... <laughs> But definitely it was not working out for England. Yeah. Like right away. I knew like if I'm going to deviate again, if I'm going to, you know, mess, you know, if I'm going to change things up again, this is when I need to do it because all of the cold season was going to be happening over like 
at the beginning of the trip. So like if you're going to change plans, change plans now. Yeah. Like get to it, get to it quickly and get, get to the spot where you want to be. Yeah. Which I feel like you did make a good decision then and you got something that you really did like and wore a lot. Right. Yeah. Because I, I ended up buying some Doc Martens, some black basic Doc Martens, which Ironically, I just sold a pair of black Doc Martens because we'd sold everything. <laughs> um, and so I'd sold some Doc Martens, but they were actually a little big for me anyway. And I couldn't seem to wear them without them rubbing me the wrong way. Yeah. So this time I bought a pair that actually fit mm-hmm. and that was good. Um, and yeah, I was so glad that I bought these because I it was so wet. It was um cold it mm-hmm. was muddy in some places like you just there's just so many reasons why what i brought was not okay and even the only some of the only closed toed shoes that i'd bought would be like my noble running shoes which were great but they were mesh running shoes that were kind of made knit running shoes right. that were kind of made to not keep out water basically right. yeah <laughs> made to be breathable um so the other thing that I did notice is that London and Bath, very fashionable places to be. Yeah, that's true. Lots of style. Like yeah. you could tell it was very clear. This is what is fashionable here. Mm-hmm. And so I could see that in the kind of pants that women wore, the kind of tennis shoes they wore, the kind of um, boots that they wore, like black Doc Martens and black combat boots were huge there. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and other just chunky boots. Um, and so I was like, I'm not going to look like an idiot. Like I'm gonna, (laughs) I'm going to make this count. (laughs) Um, so the really funny part is whenever we went in to buy them, we went into, um, uh, just a random shoe store and the girl was super helpful. She was awesome. Talk about that for a little bit, because I felt like, especially in England, like all the shops we went into, we got exceptionally good service from almost everybody oh yeah um i hadn't really noticed that um but yeah she was great um yeah Yeah, she was great i feel like i feel like i've been a lot of places especially like post-covid i feel like i've been into a lot of stores and things where people are they really don't care that you're there Mm. and i feel like customer service has like slipped a little bit or Mm -hmm. been allowed to slip a little bit but I feel like our experience in England was the opposite of that. I felt like, and well, and through a lot of Europe, I feel like it was that way several places in France as well, that people were friendly to you and tried to be as helpful as possible and make recommendations and those kinds of things. And I, I appreciated that a lot. This girl was great. She was awesome. Um, but she also knew I was like dead set to buy a pair of Doc Martens. And so she was going to help me out. <laughs> yeah. um, and she had all kinds of things she wanted to add to that order. Um, but she really like sold me on the socks, the Doc Martens socks too, that came um, that you could buy to go. And they're like these two, they've got two layers to them. And I kid you not, I don't think I got one blister from my Doc Martens in the course of two months that I wore them. Yeah, and you put a lot of miles on them, especially for them being brand new. Like, you walked in them a lot right away. Right, yeah. Um, So that was really good buy. Um, And ironically, um, Crocs were being sold in that store. 
I literally took a picture. I was like, because in the window were Crocs. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. But nobody's wearing them. And it's definitely not the season for it. So it's just like <laughs> the irony of, of that. I just thought was so funny. But um, but it was pretty cold. And the cold actually led you to make a purchase too. Yes. Yeah, so it was I, much afford- more affordable. Yeah, yeah. Mine was a little different than yours. Uh, we went into a thrift store actually. And I bought a sweater. And uh, so I bought this gray sweater in a thrift store and I had looked in a couple of stores and found very similar gray sweaters that I thought about buying, but I just didn't want to spend the money to buy because I wasn't sure how much I would actually need it and wear it. Yeah. So I bought this one at a thrift store. I actually ended up wearing it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go check out YouTube and, and our social media, you'll see me in that gray sweater a ton. I thought it was kind of cool and something that I might consider doing more when I travel mm-hmm. is packing a little less and then like popping into a thrift store and picking up a couple of things just because it's, it's, it's really cheap. And so you can wear it for a little bit and then donate it again or, you know, or keep it if you really love it, but it's not something that you have to hang on to. So it was yeah, it was kind of fun. Yeah, it was like one of the smartest purchases that I felt like either of us made on the trip. And I felt like it was a fun experience to be in a thrift store because then you're looking at old things, some things maybe a little more vintage, old things that are from another country. So mm-hmm. not only is it from another country, but then you're able to find something really old from another country if you wanted to, or just to see those things is kind of fun. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, fun. it was uh, it was cool. I'm I'm glad I did it definitely for the warmth, but also for the experience. Just kind of fun. Yeah. We also went to a place that we just thought the food was so good here. Um, it was called Garrick's Head. Mm-hmm. And you had a really good pie. Yeah. I had mussels for the first time, which I can't believe it was the first time I'd ever had them, but I just I had never been interested in eating them before. But I knew like in England, along the ocean somewhere. I wanted to have some mussels. Um, and these were really good. Um, and even the process of eating them, like I had to actually like YouTube, like how to eat mussels. <laughs> yeah, you did a little quick research <laughs> at yep, the table. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, but that was kind of fun too, because like, I didn't know that like you actually, you eat them and then you use a muscle as your fork i guess you could say as the kind of like a tong to dig into other muscles and eat them mm, yeah and so that was kind of fun um and we had some more cider because we're loving cider yep um thatcher's was yeah thatcher's was there. really good it was one of my favorites yeah, yeah yeah i think we had that a few more times along the way but yeah it was it was really good i got to eat that pie that was warm this time so <laughs> not that, like the one under the bridge in yeah, London. Unlike the one I ate under the bridge, this one was uh, in a nice restaurant and warm, so that that was helpful. It was. I heard rumors from the bartenders that there was someone famous in there that That's night. Right. Remember? I remember that. And so, like, I don't, I don't know who it was. Um, but I'm, I'm just gonna say Johnny Depp. <laughs> No, he was in that trial with I Amber. know, in London. It was the weekend, so he's like getting away. Oh, you think he got away for the Blowing weekend? Blowing off some steam at the mm, Garrick's head. Okay, okay. It's the only thing that makes sense. Oh, okay, of course, because they don't have stars that are like English. I mean, It couldn't they have do. been Idris Elba or anything? I mean, it could have been him, but I feel like they would have just said Idris is here. Mm-hmm. And like, it's somebody famous. 
He was in the news because the trial was going on. It had to be him. It had to be him for sure. He was all over our phones and like news feeds and everything the entire time we were traveling in Europe. It was all Johnny Depp. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah, they were definitely pushing the Johnny Depp trial. Yeah, that was so crazy. Um, But, you know, that was one of the speaking of going out to eat and all that. um, That was really one of the few times that we went out to eat mm-hmm. um because we kept trying to save money like you kind of referenced this in the beginning yeah. we kept trying to save money by eating at our airbnb so we were like having um you know remember guys like we're jobless at this point <laughs> right so we're really trying to budget we were having cereal for breakfast we um had sandwiches for lunch we actually mm-hmm. i wanted to do this the first time we were in bath we went to a place called the Thoughtful Bread Company and we bought some of their bread, like oh, a loaf yeah. of bread. And it was so good. Um, it was like exactly what I hoped for, you know, to like yes. actually buy some bread from this local bread company. And um, and it kind of made having sandwiches fun, you know, so. Is there something you know about that revolutionizes the way you travel? Can it solve problems and help people around the roadblocks on their adventures? Is it just plain cool? If you have a product like that, we would love to tell people about it. Get in contact with us and maybe next time we'll be talking about your product right now. While we were there, um, it was Palm Sunday. And so we went to a service at Bath Abbey. Yeah, which was was, so was cool. really cool. It was interesting because it was um, it's Church of England, so that was a little different, like something different that we hadn't experienced before, and you know, just got to experience a Palm Sunday service in a different way with different people, and it was it was really cool. It was yeah. it was a fun a fun experience. Like it was very interactive. It was, which I wasn't really prepared for like I I in my mind I had thought like we're gonna come sit in a very somber kind of service and like we'll sit there and then we'll leave Mm -hmm. and it was it was very kind of like warm and interactive I felt like all the people were very friendly Um, most of it was led by a woman that led most of the service and most of the and that's unique for us like we don't see that as much in our part of the US. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was unique as well. And so it was, it was a really cool experience to just to be a part of something like that on a, on a Palm Sunday and, and to experience something different than what we normally would. Yeah. And yeah, with it being so interactive, I also noticed that everywhere we went to church, um, everywhere we went to a service, the services there were all more interactive. And yeah. I thought that was so interesting, even like in Scotland and different places. Um, and I think that we kind of, you know, we started down the path of like, we're going to go to church every time we can. And it kind of got a little harder and harder to do. It felt like because um, we just moved so fast. Um, yeah. It was really hard to like actually see the cities and do that. But um yeah, we ended up going into a lot of churches. Yeah. But as far as like attending a service of some kind, it was, I think, less frequent than, than yeah. we originally had thought. As it, but. yeah, kind of as the 
um, the trip went on, but, um, but all of them that we went to were pretty interactive and that was kind of, that was kind of cool. And then we step outside and like the city is alive Yeah. and that was really fun. And we kind of just, you know, walked around to some shops and different stuff, um, bought some fudge there was mm-hmm. a fudge shop where this guy, they were making the fudge right there in the window and you could just kind of see them using a huge, it looked like a huge ore <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> to, to like, like stir. stir and, yeah. yeah. And um, just on this huge um, block of marble or something like that, mm-hmm. that they were, and I'm talking huge, like nine by 12 or something like it was just big yeah um and so they've got this huge slab of marble and they're using this giant ore slash spatula to um (laughs) to maneuver you know and cool the the fudge um before they really cut it down and give it to people and it was just really fun to watch they were crazy interactive and i can't remember the name of the place exactly um but they were so good yeah i can't remember it either but um they did i felt like they hired entertainers and taught them how to make fudge i think so too rather than the other way around yeah because those guys they were having a good time Mm -hmm. and everybody everybody in the shop they were interacting with and people walking by outside they were hollering to people outside and, and it was yeah it was an effective way for them to to sell fudge and they would give you little samples and it was just a fun kind of experience whether or not you like fudge like it was a fun little shop to stop by exactly yeah and honestly i don't don't remember seeing anybody come in and leave without buying fudge yeah yeah they everyone were everyone they were good at some. their jobs they were good at their jobs and they also were just um you some people might hear us say like they were talking to people outside they're pulling you in and that could be like a little annoying to some people but they did Mm -hmm. it so well and so um genuinely they like they were having genuine conversations with you and genuinely pulling you in yeah and i was impressed by that to the point that i was like i don't even care if the fudge is good or not you're so good at your job I love advertising and branding tech and marketing techniques that are really good. And so I'm always like, try to like, um, make it worth their effort. Cause I know it, it's selling well and I want to like contribute, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They were like, they were so fun and, and interactive and, and like you said, not in like a carnival barker kind of way, but, right. but very much a friendly high energy, like we're having a good time. If you want to have a good time, come have a good time with us kind of way. And it yeah. was, it was really cool. Yeah. So tell people about the Roman baths that we went to, because last time we were in Bath, England, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's what Bath is known for, but we didn't actually go to them because right. we were there for such a limited amount of time. Yeah. But this time we actually spent some time within the museum and this historical Roman bath site. Um, tell people about that because it was really cool it was really cool so it's it's actual roman ruins that are still intact and so you can see a lot of how the bathhouses looked back in the roman days i feel like they did a really good job of setting the museum up in a way that showed you kind of how the romans lived in that area and again explain to you who all who all would partake in the baths there and and I kind of assumed that it was like a handful of really well-off Romans but it was really more for everybody and you kind of got to learn about that they would 
they have found all kinds of artifacts, altars that have been there. They, oh, that was interesting. Yeah, there was one pool where they it was dedicated to one of the gods, and they would write on pieces of tin. They would write a prayer down and throw it in this pool to to one of the gods, and they have a lot of those on display. Um, all of the written yeah like pieces yeah. like the written like yeah like the pieces of tin written out and they have them translated several of them are like hey god somebody stole my coat and i really want you to get them <laughs> so, <laughs> so like it's stuff like that 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 makes you realize like yeah these are like people with with normal everyday problems that were coming here to this place hundreds and hundreds of years ago and it was really just a, a really cool experience to see something Roman like that in a in a place so far from Rome. Yeah, and um to your point, like it further proved that particular, you know, example of, you know, someone saying, Hey, someone stole my coat. It really proved um that people of all classes were there. And you said yeah. everyone, and 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 that's really what we mean is people yeah. of all classes and stature of the community were allowed to come to these Roman baths. And um and I, I say Roman baths, it's really like a spa, you know, like mm-hmm. a, yeah. a spa of its time. And People would come and they, if you didn't have a slave or someone who would watch your stuff, then you would literally leave your coat on the set, like somewhere and your sandals and you would go swim and then you would come back and it really might be stolen. So that's like an actual example of somebody of a lower class who was there and you know, ended up praying got later to the gods. <laughs> they got their stuff jacked. That would so happen <laughs> to me. <laughs> but yeah, like it, and for that city to, to be there, one, because they're like, there are hot springs. And so people gather there from even pre Roman times because of these hot springs. Then the Romans build these baths and then the Roman empire falls and the English come and, and they build their part of the city around it. And it's just so cool to, to see a place where all that history is and know it's because of these waters that are springing up out of the ground that all this history happened there. And it was, it's a really cool museum to go through. Yeah. It was, um, also really big. It was a hot spring that was really something that big was really rare for mm-hmm. that time. And, um, so I just think that's kind of interesting too. Like it's a, a really notable, bath spa yeah and they even have um they even have some of the water piped up where you can taste it like you can drink a little cup of the oh, water that's right that. yeah and that like that was cool too because it was it's warm and it tasted like coppery tasted kind of like pennies a like little bit metal in it yeah yeah it yeah. was just i forgot about that yeah Good just a, an interesting experience that you don't always get in a museum about something like that that you get to like taste and and touch why it's there. Yeah. I think we were also, um, this was the beginning of our trip and we hadn't been museumed out yet. That's true. That's <laughs> so true. we were like all about it. <laughs> and it was like, it was crowded. Like there was a lot of people mm-hmm. in there, which was a new experience. Like we had, you know, COVID restrictions were just starting to lift. And especially for us, we had even been, I guess, extra careful leading up to the trip because we knew like we can't afford to get sick 
because some of the places we're going, we're going to have to test and, and you don't want to be out there with COVID obviously, but, um, those kinds of things. So we'd been extra careful and hadn't been around crowds really much until, you know, and then we're in a couple of airports and that was kind of crowded and London was a little crowded, but this museum felt really like packed in with people. Yeah, it really and did. was kind of one of the first times that it's like, okay, like we're, we're back in it now where like people are shoulder to shoulder pushing through this thing. One of the other things that we did that same day, I think we packed in a lot. Yeah, we did as much as we could pretty much everywhere we went. Yeah. Like we were, it was go, go, go. Especially that day because it wasn't raining. And there were yeah. some other days where it was raining and we were pretty limited on what we could do. Mm-hmm. Um, but we took the hike to South Stoke, which yes. the lady at the gin distillery had recommended that yep. we, she really just kind of said like, you're in Bath? Well, you should go to this little place outside of Bath, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was really funny. Um, but she recommended that we um, hike to South Stoke, um, which is really pretty close. If you're in a vehicle, it would take no time at all. Um, kind of like a little suburb. Um, it was completely uphill. Oh, man. The whole That's way the thing. There. She was like, oh, yeah, it's just over the hill. And this hill was was a hill. It was a hill. All of Bath area is really hilly, but you know, that's the English countryside that we love. Yeah. Yeah. It, it It's beautiful rolling hills, but massive hills. And it took, it took some doing to walk up that hill. It really did. We were like peeling off layers and all kinds of stuff. Um, we got there and um, it was pretty cool. It looked like a big kind of like a big old home stone home yeah um and we had some beers well okay so the point was we were going to south stoke to go to something called the pack horse inn Mm -hmm. and it's got a really long history we'll tell you about that we basically you know just went to have some beers to um and by beers i mean ciders um (laughs) and sit outside and kind of enjoy ourselves um so the weather was beautiful we had this amazing view um we're sitting outside on this um it wasn't even really a patio so much as a yard. Yeah. Um, right next to a garden. I mm-hmm. think they had like a Yeah, kind of overlooked the garden. garden. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh but so so this pub is so special because it was created back in the sixteen hundreds. Um, so it's about four hundred years old. Um there are, you know, some people that believe there are secret passageways in the cellar that lead to the church and, you know, all kinds of interesting history behind it. Um, and it actually closed down in 2012. Yes. Which was a really big deal to some people in the community. And they started a campaign um, to reopen it. And it reopened in 2018 um, on its 400th anniversary. So 400 years old. Um, and basically that all happened because the community rallied together. Um, they There was literally a Save the Pack Horse campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, and they raised money. But it wasn't just about money. The community came in and they helped remodel it. They did landscaping projects. It was literally the community's own blood, sweat, and tears that made it happen. And um, I just think that's such a cool story. And and that was really what pulled us in and made us want to go and visit it. Yeah. So imagine a place like a local business that's loved so much by the community that when it goes out of business, the community's like, nope, we're going to do everything that we can. Yeah. To, to see this 
open back up and be successful. And they have like it. It's a great little place. And they do like Sunday roast there and food like we went and and had a couple of ciders there. And it was really cool. We live in communities that pride themselves on being local and shopping local and supporting local businesses and things like that. And, and we appreciate that. Think it's really cool, but I've never heard of when someplace shut down that everybody being like, no, we can't let it shut down. Mm -hmm. We've got to like, we got to do something and start a campaign, a campaign that for like four years and then put in a lot of work and a lot of effort to make sure that it reopens so that the community can have this great place. It's always been around and we want it to always be around. Yeah. That's just really cool. Yeah, it, it is really cool. I, um, I don't think I've seen much of that either. Although during COVID-19, I think everyone can relate with well, post COVID-19. Yeah. We have seen a lot of signs for little businesses that are shut down, like closed mm -hmm. after 20 years, closed after 40 years. Yeah. And so we all kind of know what that looks like. Um, but this is like such a cool story. Not only did they like open back up in 2018, COVID hit. In right, a like years right later. away. Yeah. So here it is. Like they get hit by COVID nineteen, and they made it through COVID nineteen. Yeah. Like how cool. Like yeah. Wow, that's so and cool. It, like definitely worth the hike because you're hiking through beautiful English countryside. Then you get to see the like the old church and churchyard that's right there, right next to this pub. Yeah. Like I was so glad that that we got to have that conversation with the lady at the gin distillery who recommended it for us. And I would say if you're in Bath, go make the hike, check it out. Like it's a long hike uphill, mm -hmm. but check it out. But I would have one other piece of advice. If you have two ciders like we did, <laughs> um, maybe hit up the restrooms before you, uh, before you head home. back mm -hmm. because the hider, the ciders hit, hard on the way back <laughs> and we both had to go and there's there's nothing between there and our airbnb like our airbnb was as close like it's the closest point of civilization to where other than like private residences yeah and i didn't know if we were gonna make it <laughs> we were literally trying to look up the laws in england and what, how bad it would be if we had to pee on somebody's lawn or in somebody's like field or because, oh my goodness, it yeah. was bad. At one point we walked past a cemetery and I'm like, how bad, like, I'm sure that there are like laws, but then also ghosts and all kinds of consequences, <laughs> but I might be willing to like risk all of those repercussions just because I'm I'm about to explode. I have to go so bad. Oh my gosh, we both did. It was like really quiet. Like our walk back was like so quiet because I think we were both just like, don't pee on yourself. <laughs> we went from like nervous talking because you kind of have to go to like talking about it and like expressing like what's going on and, and this need to like dead quiet, only business, walk as fast as you can. Luckily it was downhill. Um, the whole way and so we we're able to go a little quicker but man it's pretty bad yeah <laughs> it was it was rough I think my eyes had turned yellow by the time that we were all the way back that's funny well and um I really did 
like that became a theme ongoing as I was like two pints. That was all my bladder could hold. And I had to go to the bathroom wherever we went. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Ask where the toilets are. When you order the second pint, yeah. go ahead and ask where the toilets are just so you're ready. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we, we also yeah. went to, uh, we went back to the Canary Gin Bar, one of the places that we really loved the first time we went. We got to revisit it. That's right. We really liked that the first time, especially. It felt a little different this time. I think. Um, it had changed hands, I think. Yeah. The, now they call it um, the Bath Distillery Gin Bar. Um, but it's still the same great vibes. I just really liked it under that original name. The yeah. It wasn't quite as cool. Um but it was still like it was still pretty cool. They still had really good cocktails mm-hmm. um, there. But that first time we went, it was just really, really cool. Yeah. And this time it was a cool spot. But after experiencing it the first time, it was just like just a little bit. Yeah. But I did look into them and some of their marketing that they were doing at the time. They were doing hot air balloon rides as part of their like I think it was like a gin tasting that would happen up in a hot air balloon. Oh my goodness. I wanted to do that so bad. <laughs> still haven't done a hot air balloon. That's on the bucket list. Yeah, that uh, that's still on, on your list. You I just thought that things. was really cool because they have a hot air balloon. I believe I saw that they had a hot air balloon with their like branding on it and everything. And I was yeah. like, that's so cool. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that, that is a great idea. Yeah. Um. So you guys have heard us also talk about URL passes. So um, one of the things that we did notice is that, you know, now we're kind of starting to make our way around the UK and coming into Bath, we started noticing that our URL passes really weren't working in the UK. Um, They weren't scanning because we had digital passes and they just wouldn't scan every time we would try to come to and fro, um, to and fro. (laughs) And, um, but you know, we would show security and, you know, hold up our passes and they would look and they go, okay, yeah, yeah, you're good. It's just not going to scan well. Um, So that was just like something that, you know, we kind of had to keep navigating that, like how to use URL everywhere we went. Yeah, that was that was definitely an adjustment for there because the like none of the automated gates would work. So you have to find an attendant and get them to sort of like buzz you through mm-hmm. with their badge, which it, they always did. It was never it was never a question. And, you know, so we knew that it was a valid pass to get on the train. Right. But it still just makes you a little uneasy. Well, because what if there's not an attendant standing there? Right. Like, what do you do? Yeah, and if you're if you're in a hurry to catch a train or something like that, you're not you're not you able to delete. get through as quickly. So it was one of those things of like, okay, you just knew every time, and you kind of have to go to like the effort of like scanning it a couple times so that they can see Mm -hmm. that it doesn't scan and then you go over. And so like you kind of do this whole song and dance every time you want to get on a train, which was a little frustrating. Yeah, it really was. Um, What about surprises? I love talking about like what surprised you. I love talking about that. Um, I think Bath was a little bit bigger than I remembered. Um, It was, you know, I I remembered because the last time we stayed, kind of in the heart of it and didn't none of the stuff that we did was very far from there and so this time we got out a little more went to some of the parks further out went to south stoke things like that and so it was bigger than how i remembered it in my mind um which i liked um to me it made it seem like a place where i could live 
where I could say we're at like, this is a big enough city. It's close enough to London. I feel like I could, I could live and work here and, and it'd be a really cool place to, to wind up. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. We really both liked it for that reason. What about you? I remember it being much more fashionable, um, Hmm. than I, well, it, I found it to be much more fashionable than I remembered. Um, oh, and so this so, time. Yeah, so. this time it was much more fashionable. Um, I really noticed that like what people were wearing, um, the long boxy wool coats. So not a fitted wool coat, but like a really boxy, um, long, you know, wool coat was like really popular with really chunky boots and wide leg pants. And I just thought it was fun to see the styles. Um, and they were, it was, I felt like a little bit more fashionable than a lot of places in the U.S., um, especially mm, yeah. after COVID. Like COVID in the U.S., I feel like fashion kind of fell it's like athleisure now oh, it was like sweatpants. yeah and like people just kind of quit caring about their appearance as much and mm. so um but this very much felt like oh no like people care here and <laughs> and i just thought it was fun because it was some fashions that some fashion that i had like maybe seen a little bit of but not so have not so dense um and so that was fun for me yeah, I feel like in the U.S., people put face masks on, and they're like, "Well, I'm wearing a face mask, so I can look. No one will recognize me, so I can just wear whatever I want out. Yeah. So, like fuzzy slippers and sweatpants." And then at some point, we took the face masks off, but then we forgot to like make make the adjustment mm-hmm. back to like human clothes, and yeah, now exactly. everyone's just in their comfy pants. It was also really dog friendly. Um, yeah, I like yeah. that. I think maybe even more so than London was, which London, I felt like everywhere you, you saw dogs, but here dogs were all over the place, all over the place and a particular kind of dog too, because I remember thinking, I remember asking a lot of people Mm -hmm. what kind of dog they had. And so many people said cockapoos. Yes. And I remember that because I want a cockapoo and I remember like thinking that uh maybe a year before like discovering oh my gosh this is the kind of dog that i want next and they were everywhere in england <laughs> you and since that, you love english stuff hillary's already planning her next dog Maggie. i'm just planning just so to know. grow the family that's all mm-hmm. she's asleep she yeah she she's don't care asleep right now. over there she's yeah. gonna have to listen to the podcast to catch yeah. that <laughs> um but yeah cockapoos are basically a mix between um uh I was about to say a cocktail and a dog. <laughs> <laughs> that would be your favorite thing, <laughs> like a cocktail and a dog put together. Um, I think they're a mix between a cocker spaniel yes, and a poodle. Thank you. There we go. There we go. But you know, more recently, we've also heard that like um, the the uh, poodle mixes um, are generally more skittish, which we have definitely found to be the case in our dog. Yeah. Um, and we just keep talking to people that they're like, we kind of start bouncing that when we meet other people who have poodle mixed dogs. Mm -hmm. And they've said that it's not necessarily found in the poodle or in the like golden retriever or the, um, cocker spaniel or whatever, but it is when you mix the breeds, it starts to become an issue. Make them a little crazy. Kind of crazy. I mean, it does make you stop and think like, Oh, okay. Like, how do I feel about that? Because I want a dog that, can love people 
It's one of those cases where they were asking if they could and didn't ask if they should. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> They're like, wouldn't this be cute instead of, is this a good idea? <laughs> oh, man. Well, that that's kind of a wrap for Bath. Yeah, that was I think great. That's, yeah, I think that kind of wraps up our our journey there. Um, it was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely loved getting to be there longer this time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was a little disappointed in the rainy, how rainy it was. It was cold. It was pretty cold and rainy. Um, but it was, it's always worth venturing out there. And now I'm kind of curious, like, what would it be like at Christmas, you know, with snow on the ground? I bet it's just freaking gorgeous. Well, we just um, got to go back. I think so. I'm going to have to make a Christmas journey, of course. <laughs> um, well, you guys, as we wrap this up, we do just want to remind you guys that we have video now available um, on YouTube. So, what, what? yeah, if you have not yet subscribed to us on YouTube, now is the time to do it. Um, so the things that we talk about here, we get to actually show you in video now on YouTube. Um, so that's a really big deal because sometimes words just aren't enough and um we will keep sharing our adventures that way and uh, so make sure to subscribe to travel fomo podcast on youtube as well as wherever you're listening to the podcast yeah and you're gonna want to make sure that you're subscribed and have all those notifications on because we are headed to oxford next i know we're gonna get so smart talking about oxford so brilliant oh my gosh it's and crazy. it, uh, Oxford was just a day trip for us. So just a whistle stop on our way uh, to somewhere, but it was so cool. It's getting its own episode. Um, C.S. Lewis, J.R.R. Tolkien, yeah. like being there, we went to the pub where they used to meet up and, and stuff like that. And so many other places, like definitely a cool little city and with a complete separate vibe from any other place. That's true. Yes. It does. Like, I'm not even going to like, I'm not even being funny when I say like, it makes you feel smarter. Like you feel, it feels very, um, like a place where people come to study and learn. Yeah. I write stuff down. I don't even spell check when I'm there because I'm just that much smarter. (laughs) Wow. Oh man. Okay guys, we are also on social media and we're actually becoming more active on TikTok. So be sure to, um, check out those videos as well. Um, you'll also find us in all the other places, Facebook, Instagram, and, um, travelfomopodcast.com is where you can find a lot of stuff too. Um, so yeah, go check it out. Yeah, go check it out. And if you will, um, give us a five-star review from wherever you're listening. Uh, that would just help us out. Uh, we need your help. So that would be a huge way that you could help us. We really appreciate you listening. And, uh, if you could help us get the word out, we would just appreciate that even that much more. Yeah. Share it with somebody else. Find one of the episodes that really resonates with somebody and then share it with them. Yeah, send yeah. it to them. Yeah. Um, and then we hope you guys get to go on your own adventures really soon because life is so short. Wonder well. 